Well, hi there. Welcome to the Firehouse Forum podcast. This is David Timberline, the Community Engagement Manager here at Firehouse. We're in the run-up to Preludes, which is opening this weekend. So as a special last-minute treat, I pulled Billy Christopher Maupin in from virtually right outside the stage door, and he's going to give us a little bit of a exclamation point at the end of uh, the run-up to Preludes. We've been talking about Preludes for, I don't know, four or five weeks here. We had Levi Marovich, who is starring in the show. We also had Susan Braden, who is the music director. We also had Colin Lindsay, who is the stage manager. So go back and listen to those podcasts, and you'll get more information on Preludes. But... Today, it's Billy Christopher, the director, and he's going to give you his perspective. And then we also have uh, Melissa Rayford, known affectionately as Mess, and she is opening a show called Gruesome Playground Injuries at Theater Lab on June 4th. And she was she's going to talk about that show and her career in town. Uh, I have to give a little bit of an apology because I had been talking to Katrina Carroll-Lewis, who is directing Top Dog Underdog, which is opening this weekend at Theater Lab. And uh, her schedule and my schedule could not sync up. So we'll try to get Katrina on at some point in the future to talk about Top Dog Underdog. That show is the main stage show at Theater Lab opening this weekend. And you have probably heard of, probably heard the title before. It's going to be an intense show, and we'll try to get Katrina in to talk about it sometime in the future. So that's it in terms of preview for our interviews, and so let's get started. We are here with Melissa Rayford, better known to many in the theater world as Mess. Is that okay? Can I call you Mess? <laughs> yes, of course. Some people like jettison their early names. Are you you're still in Mess territory? I, um, you know, it's something that came out in college. You can blame DJ Gray for that one. Oh, really? um, I'm I sure will. you can get the story from him if you hunt him down. But I'm thinking, you know, I'm almost thirty now, so uh-huh. should probably find a more respectable adult name, maybe. Right. But I just like it. It's one syllable. It's easy. It is very easy, I gotta yeah. say. Yeah. And but, it's unique. Well, Melissa is my daughter's middle name. So I really? am very fond of Melissa. So if you oh. ever just decide to do that, that's that works for me. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think of you as one of those people who is this through line through the whole theater community. And it's you're you're like uh, I don't know, you're the shadow person or something. I just like <laughs> not not that you just exist in the shadows, but you're connected to like every single theater company almost in, <laughs> in some way or another, which is awesome. So yeah. you're the director of programming at Theater Lab. Mm-hmm. You are an artistic associate at Quill. And yes. I want to ask you about that in a minute. Are you still an education assistant at, at Richmond Performing Arts Alliance? Yes, I am. So there's at least three jobs. Yes. And so, <laughs> you know, you're seem like you must be working all the time. Is that true? Uh, I would say a fair amount, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very fortunate to work with all the companies that I do work for. I'm trying to think of a theater in town that I haven't worked for. Probably Hat <laughs> okay. is one okay. of the few that I haven't done right. anything with yet. <laughs> well, t- you know, you never know. Be- yeah, you never know. <laughs> As a result of this, maybe. Maybe. Um, and the reason I asked you to come in, which you were so gracious to do, was that you're opening gr- Gruesome Playground Injuries on June 4th for yes. Theater Lab. So that's very exciting. Very exciting. Um, your cast is Jeffrey Cole, Rachel Rose Gilmore, mm-hmm. 
How did you get those folks? Actually, the Seller Series, which is a three-series... Three-show series. Three-show series. There we go. So the Seller Series is a three-show series. Mm -hmm. And I was lucky enough to direct the first one, Bright Half-Life. Right. And Maggie Roop directed Constellations. And Lucretia Anderson was going to direct Gruesome, but had to uh, pull out. And so I got these wonderful people that she chose to be in this show. And I have to think... Thank her immensely because she <laughs> cast it perfectly. Yeah. Well, this is a really interesting show. It's it hopped around a lot, and mm-hmm. Billy Christopher, who is also going to be on this show, did a reading here at Firehouse with Maggie Roop years ago. I don't know if oh, you wow. saw that. No, I didn't. <clears throat> yeah. So um, tell me a little bit about it. So it is um, the story of two friends throughout the years, Kayleen and Doug. They meet the first time when they're eight in school. They go to Catholic school together, and we jump forward. And backward in time in spans of 10 and 15 years. So we get to see them through their childhood in the nurse's office at the eighth grade dance and then in their older years in high school after college graduation and then into adulthood. And they're sort of tied by this weird connection of love that they have for each other. And also, when they are absent from each other, from one another's lives, horrible things happen to them. Mm, So they're tied by this fierce love and also these devastating injuries that happened when they are not together. Yeah. Well, in in the whole Cellar series, the theme has been picking sides. Mm -hmm. So is there, you know, it's a two-hander, like... All yes. the other ones, all the shows. Is there a point where you're gonna, where the audience is gonna be choosing from one to the other? Is there, is there a conflict going on that we're gonna need to choose a side on? I don't know if it's so much a conflict as just kind of watching the way that these people's lives change. And mm-hmm. you really empathize with both of them at different moments because they, they both are hurt by the other and they both hurt you know the other person so mm. i wouldn't say there's you know a clear winner at the end yeah. <laughs> for sure but one thing that's very interesting to me with this whole process is i'm the type of director that scene changes for me happen in 20 seconds or less you know okay. quick easy beautiful music and this is the first show i've really worked on where the scene transitions are part of the play okay. because they change clothing and they change um and injure themselves in front of you wow. so it's a you know a 2 to 3 minute mini scene in between <laughs> the actual scenes okay. so that has been a really exciting and unique and very different experience for me so when you come to the theater the side that you sit on you will be able to see one actor much better than the other okay. changing so come see it multiple times because right. there's their <laughs> little a different perspective yeah get different perspectives wow and well that's good to know from a theater from an audience standpoint i know there's sometimes those the long breaks are a little awkward so it'll be fun to have things to look yeah. at <laughs> Yeah, and good music to listen to. Okay, mm-hmm. good. So your artistic associate at Quill, what is that? What what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I asked myself that a lot. Um, <laughs> I um, have been very fortunate to work at Quill for a while. I first got involved with them in 2013, I believe. They needed a stage manager for Cymbeline. And then I stage managed a few more shows and then started assistant directing for... For James Bond, 
I believe was the first director we did The Tempest together. And um, it was just a really wonderful experience because I've always loved Shakespeare for a very long time and been fascinated by it, but had limited exposure to it in high school. And so I was very excited to learn more about it, learn how to approach it from both an actor and a directing standpoint. And I feel like over the past several years, all of the shows that I've been able to work on, many of them with Jan Powell that I've Mm. learned so much about Shakespeare. Uh, so I'm very grateful for that. Mostly what I consider my artistic associate abilities are working on the historical stage reading series, which I directed several of and mm-hmm. also compiled some for the suffragette stage reading that we did. I compiled a lot of material for that. And then we did a reading about Ethel Barrymore called Luminous One that I actually wrote. Oh, wow. Um, and so aside from that, I also edit most of the texts on the shows that I work on. Wow. So see, I'm I'm so glad you're in here. Cause I knew you were this thread that runs through all these different things. <laughs> I didn't know how integral you were to them. So thanks for illuminating me. That's oh, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> well it's and been fun. I also know that you've been involved with Theater Lab and also Triangle Players mm-hmm. and also kind of surrounding nonprofits like the Virginia Antiviolence Project. Yes. For things like uh, Nerve that you did in 2017. Mm-hmm. We've actually done Nerve three different times. Oh, I really? I think the first time might have been in 2015, but okay. then we did it again in 2017 and again earlier this year. Okay. So it's just a wonderful show that I co-wrote with Chandler Hubbard and Chelsea Burke and several other collaborators, and it serves as a fundraiser for the Virginia Anti-Violence Project. So I'm very passionate about working on queer theater and telling queer stories. Right. The stuff that you've done has always struck me as I, I've never seen you do, and maybe you have done a show like God's Bell or some kind of, you know, <laughs> kind of the traditional, in air quotes, kind of show. Mm-hmm. Even when the first show that I saw that you did was Odd Couple, but you did the female version yeah. at Chamberlain Actors Theater. Mm-hmm. So is that the kind, I mean, would you like to do a... I, I'm very drawn to um, science plays oh, wow. because I find something, you know, very attractive in things that I don't quite understand. I've always been fascinated by science, but I was a C student in science <laughs> All through middle and high school. Um, But there's something about the, you know, this big infinite mystery that is so captivating to me. Not to say that Odd Couple wasn't fun. I I got very lucky because Amy Berlin told me to apply to direct at CAT because I was trying to get gigs in town. And so they were the first people, aside from Theater Lab, I directed Trojans for Theater Lab's first season which was a lot of fun. But they were the first outside company to really give me a chance as a full-fledged director on a full show. And so I'm very grateful for that. And it was a lot of fun. I had a wonderful cast. And after that, I lobbied really hard to direct Now Then Again, which is a science play about, you know, parallel universes and love. And it's just, it's gorgeous. (laughs) And I had so much fun doing that. And then I also directed Private Lives for them, which taught me that one has to direct Noel Coward to understand how to direct Noel Coward. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because I now, I feel like I did a a decent job with that show. And I loved my cast and I was proud of the outcome, but I now feel like I know how to direct that show. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So when are you going to stage it again? (laughs) Oh, who knows? (laughs) Probably not anytime soon. You can't do anything in Richmond that's been done in the past 20 years. Well, yeah. (laughs) Did you know that? That's kind of true. Well, you can, but then you're just going to be compared to it over and over again. Yes. When we did it back and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) 
So you're also, you work for Richmond Performing Arts Alliance, yes. which is, we can't call it center stage anymore, or can nope. we? Nope, no, not we anymore. Okay. We are fully rebranded. Come right. to our building, you'll see all the nice shiny new logos. Okay, at the Dominion Energy Center. For the Performing Arts. For the Performing Arts. That's okay. the full title. Wow, what is that acronym? Ac- Acronym out to. I don't even want to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> so what what are you doing there? Uh, so I was hired in the fall of 2016 to be the education assistant. So I assist on booking and billing for our third floor spaces. I help out with the uh, coordination of our ELLA program, which is early literacy learning in the arts. Oh, cool. So we just finished up the third year residency with several schools, and we have moved into preschool center at Martin Luther King Jr., and it's just, it's a wonderful thing to witness. We yeah. have a lot of wonderful teaching artists that come and they spend time with these kids and just get them excited about learning in a new way through arts integration. Oh, that's great. And we also have the Next Up program, which is our, we partner with them to provide after school programming for middle schoolers. And we do lots of exciting professional development workshops. So uh, my boss there is Jen Maddox, and she's really lovely. And then um, two days out of the week, I am upstairs with Janet Stark being her executive assistant. Oh, okay. So it never gets boring. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. What a great variety of tasks and yeah. things to be working on. Yep. <clears throat> Very cool. So Gruesome Playground, Gruesome Playground Injuries is going to be running – at the same time as Top Dog Underdog, right? Yes. So Top what- Dog runs May 24th through June 9th, and we open on June 4th. So we're like on the tail end of that, and we have six performances between June 4th and June 12th. Well, so only six performances. People need yeah. to go out, get it, get to see it soon, as soon as possible, get your tickets. I'm very, very excited about this show. It's <laughs> the first show I've ever done where I have had almost no prep time and very limited rehearsal. <laughs> and but you're excited? So much fun. Really? Oh, yeah. No, it's been a whole adrenaline rush, a mm-hmm. whole new way to approach things. And I've been having so much fun. My cast is wonderful. Wow. Um, so I hope everyone can come see it. Yeah. I'd love to see some friends there. Well, I'm sure you are. What What's next for you after this? You seem to be busy all the time. So <laughs> there must be three things coming up for you. Uh, not not so much. Yeah. I, um, I have my mothers are getting married this weekend. So Aww. that's very exciting. And then we open Gruesome. And then I am doing the absolute brightness of Leonard Pelkey at Richmond Triangle Players okay. in the fall. So I'm very excited about that. And then I'm not really sure. There's this <laughs> big unknown, which is kind of exciting. Hopefully it'll fill up with exciting things but um yeah well cool well this may be the most educational interview i've ever done because i try <laughs> to do as much research as i can but like you've done so many things i kind of just picked picked and chose <laughs> the things that i remember and then you, you filled in with like 14 other things so thanks for that Thank you. <laughs> i noticed on one of your social media, I don't know if it's Facebook or Twitter or something, that you were thinking about going to grad school. Is that something imminent or? Yes. So I'm looking at a, a bunch of different places, mostly because I am cheap and don't want to go into debt <laughs> yeah. for grad school. I'll definitely go into debt to get a PhD, but okay. um, I have a list of schools that offer tuition waivers. So I'm just going to kind of cast a really nice wide net and mm-hmm. see what I bring in. And uh, hopefully it'll be something exciting because I really... I don't think you should ever stop learning yeah. in any field, but especially in the arts. You know, there's always new things to pick up, and um, that really excites me. Cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I hope you stay around because yeah. I don't know, the whole <laughs> Richmond community might fall apart because you are the thread that holds it together. Oh, that's very <laughs> sweet, but I think that's a little optimistic. Well, okay. <laughs> um, but still, it'll be great. As long as you are here, we'll appreciate you while you are. Thank you. And, uh, I really love being here. Okay. Well, break a leg with Gruesome. Thank you. Uh, and thanks for coming in. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Hey, we're here with Billy Christopher Maupin, the director of Preludes. Thanks for coming in. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. (laughs) We're really lucky because this is like the show is opening as we speak almost. So thank you very much for taking the time to pop in and answer some questions, last minute questions before it all gets going. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. And terrified, of course. <laughs> well, good. Well, mostly uh, excited. <laughs> well, excited is better. Yes. We'll, we'll go with that. When we first talked about Preludes, maybe four or five weeks ago, it was at least that. Yeah. Five weeks ago, you came into a class I was teaching and talked about Preludes. Uh-huh. At that point, rehearsals had really just started and things were kind of like taking shape. And I was wondering how your perspective has changed over the past like four or five weeks as the shows come together. How has it changed? It's changed quite a lot. Uh, in the, it's a, it's a very complex piece. And so actually putting it on for months, I have all these ideas. And, uh, even when we had started rehearsals, I had, I asked if in the preview process, if I could have, if each preview could have a completely different ending to the show. <laughs> and Joel was like, mm, maybe. And Christian, the lighting designer was like, I mean, we could, in theory, redesign the ending for three different shows. You're just not going to get any work notes done. So either you want to fix what you've got or have something new. Right. So it's been, it's exploring the piece with, with, with the cast and, and with the designers has definitely unlocked the play more and it's and i love it more and i find it uh i was very i I don't know if i should share this with people but i was very confused by the piece for a long time for months and months it's a confusing piece indeed (laughs) and it's somebody who told me the other after the idr she was like i don't i'm not entirely sure what i just watched but i'm still thinking about it and i love that i'm still thinking about it right so that's pretty cool and i think I think I've figured out the piece. I hope. I, I'm going to have till Saturday till we freeze the show. So I've still got a couple <laughs> okay. of days to figure it out. Right. And we just, right before I came in here, I was talking to the line designer about re- restaging the last scene for okay. tonight's performance. So we'll see if that unlocks something new. So it's, um, perspective has changed quite a bit in, yeah. in collaborating with all these other people and getting their input and their sensibilities and their take on things, which is why we do theater and not right. painting or writing, I yeah. guess. Well, so, but is this typical for shows that you've directed? Because you've directed, you know, several shows before this. Is it, are you usually set by this point, like in stone? Or are you still usually, as part of your process, still figuring things out, kind of? I I think usually it's very much set by this point. It would have yeah. been set like before tech even started. It's like okay. this is the designer run, so now it has to stay this way until the end of time. So having this preview process is really interesting and being encouraged, um, not just allowed, but also encouraged by Joel to make changes and to see what works with people and to explore different things if that's what I feel like needs to make the show work. So that's quite different and exciting and beneficial for a show like this that is so open to interpretation where it's not just like end of the doll's house and door slams and you're done you know <laughs> right. it's like this is the it's the place starts with the therapist asking a question and ends with her giving him an answer and it's like but that can't be that's not the end of the play like to me it's always been like that's not the end like what what right. do we do with this so putting something on top of that that's not 
implicit in the script. And, right. But then it's like, I don't know if that works yeah. until like you share it with people. And so... Well, and this it's a show also that's only had two productions right. before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not like you have a tradition to pull from to be like, Indeed. oh, well, here they did this and uh-huh. here they did that. You, right. It's just like, you're kind of making it up. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> making a lot of things up. <laughs> and Dave Malloy tweet, tweeted at Firehouse yesterday about our first public performance. And oh, the composer. So he's like, oh, yeah. Dave Malloy, you should come. And I'm like, oh, should we come? <laughs> it's like, I don't know if this is exactly what you had in mind when you made this thing because uh, it's making up a lot of stuff, Yeah, which I think is... Obviously, I think it's great and beautiful yeah. and wonderful, and I'm incredibly proud of what we've done with it. But there's always that fear of like, if the creator comes, and it's like, what if this is not at all <laughs> right. what you what wanted? What have you done? <laughs> right? What did you do to my beautiful play? <laughs> right. Well, you've got a pretty amazing cast. Are they Indeed. able to, and I probably know the answer to it, but do they embrace these kind of shifting dynamics in the most get... ridiculously beautiful way oh, yeah. like it would literally um like stage a scene and then two days later like whatever we had done before or after it didn't quite fit and we, sometimes it would throw out all of it like yeah. just completely restage the scene and every one of them is like okay thank you yes we can do that <laughs> it's been amazing it has been they've every one of them are these they're not only ridiculously talented they're amazingly nice and they just take on whatever they're like all right let's go do this thing let's try it this way let's oh, try it awesome. that way or like or they'll be asking like well what if i try it like this and it's like well let's try that and see mm. if that feels better yeah so they've been incredibly embracing of those things which has been really exciting yeah that's yeah great. it's super cool well and so for people who might have heard like the tagline for this show it's about rachmaninoff it's about hypnotherapy it's about russia in certain ways but also kind of contemporary so I think there's some people who will embrace kind of the unknownness about the show, but mm-hmm. others who may be intimidated. So is there ways that you can, you know, ease the fears of people who be like, well, I don't know anything about Rachmaninoff. I don't know anything about Russia. Why would I come see the show? I think um, it's in, in our production from the beginning, it was very much for me, it was about that we do have this character that's uh, 1899 Russia, and we also exist in this present day New York. And somehow we're in both of those places at the same time and yet okay. in neither of those places so creating a world in the design in the set and in the costumes and the lighting and the props that is that is both of those things but neither so in this production in this world it's it's not uh abrasively russia or russian mm-hmm. there are a couple of things a couple of pieces that are sung in russian but they're it's not about knowing what those words mean it's really about the beauty of the music so I think I think that the the world that we've created is very accessible and not it, it, you can enter into that because it's I think it's what we've created on stage is very uh what is the word it's <laughs> it's not I don't think it's it's not incredibly Russia but it's not yeah. it's also not incredibly modern day New York so okay. it kind of is a, a a different place that embodies all those things okay. that you can walk through the door into and feel safe and okay. comfortable <laughs> a little bit flexible yeah all right and for you know, as I was reading the piece and, you know, brand new to it, and I've, I haven't even seen Dave Malloy's Natasha appear in The Great Comet or any, I don't have any of that background. What appealed to me about it was that everybody, you know, it's about Rachmaninoff's failure and everybody fails at some point. Mm-hmm. And then how do you recover from that? And who do you look to for inspiration? That's what I took from it. So to me, it seems like that's accessible to just about anybody. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. So do you, you, I know, and maybe not everybody knows this, but I know that you were, you were first 
approached Joel about doing Godspell like in this space, uh-huh. which I love Godspell. I would have loved to see you your take on Godspell someday. <laughs> well, it may still happen. It, yeah, but so this is much different from Godspell. Indeed. <laughs> so is are you, is there disappointment in that? Or are you, have you totally embraced this as a, a great replacement for where you want it to be in this in this time? Uh, I, I wouldn't even call it a replacement. It's yeah. just there. It's, it's not like Godspell will cease to exist, <laughs> and I will never get a chance to work on it again. Right. So it's um, it is in some ways it's it's different, but in some ways. Uh, it has, I think that there are a lot of similarities. There was a, mm-hmm. a point a week or two ago, I guess, that I said to somebody, man, this is really, I've kind of made this my Godspell. Because mm-hmm. as with Godspell, that's where Stephen Schwartz encourages you to make up your own jokes, to as long as the structure stays the same and the songs are the same, to tell the story in your own way in your production, have your concept for that show. With this piece, it's also a kind of, he gives, Malloy gives us like this framework of here's the text, here are the scenes, Hmm. here's the songs, but how you decide to present those things is kind of wide open to interpretation. So in a way, uh, there's, I won't tell you where it is until (laughs) after you've seen it, we can talk about what the Godspell moment is in the show. But there's very much, and you knowing Godspell very well may look at it and go oh there it is that's ah, his godspell okay. moment yeah. and i didn't do it on purpose it wasn't like well i wanted to be doing godspell so i'm gonna have this godspell <laughs> moment but it kind of came out of for me in finding a way to tell this story in a in a clear way we kind of built something into into it that kind of evolved into having this what now seems to me a very godspell like event that right. happens so it's all coming together opens this weekend. Indeed. <laughs> uh, do you are you the kind of director that is going to come back like for every performance to see where it's going, or do you let your little bird fly and then walk away? And you guys, you're on your own, right? Um, some it depends. Sometimes this is one that I think I would I would very much love to come every night if I were available to be here. I would be here every night to see it. I okay. think because this cast is amazing, the design's amazing, the piece is amazing and gorgeous and so complex. And so maybe I'll find new things if I keep looking at it. Yeah. But I'm actually as we kind of mentioned earlier i'm running away just taking a break okay. after this show opens so that it'll be it'll be flying without me when i'm done <laughs> and it's in very incredibly capable hands so uh i'm not worried but hopefully i'll be, be able to come back and visit it before it closes but yeah. i'll be here for a week or so after it's open so i'm sure i'll be back several times before i leave okay well i've only seen bits and pieces i've seen some of the songs performed it's got a great cast. It's got great music. So even the components are pretty compelling, but I'm really looking forward to see it all come together. Awesome. <laughs> well, break a leg tonight. And thank you. On Saturday. And um, thanks for coming in. Thank you. All right. All right. That was the Firehouse Forum podcast. Thank you for tuning in. And thank you to Billy Christopher Maupin, who is the director of Preludes, the musical Fantasia opening at Firehouse this weekend, May 26th. Come see it. It's going to be awesome. And thank you, of course, to Melissa Rayford, who is the director of Gruesome Playground Injuries, opening June 4th. That'll be it for Firehouse Forum this week. Sorry for the late posting, but uh, we'll be back next week with more fun talk about local theater. Thanks for tuning in.